0: Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. In this week's episode, we're looking at how environmental or ESG factors are impacting energy companies traditionally focused on fossil fuels. I'm joined by Patrick Harris, head of energy and natural resources for MergerMarket Market and deal reporter. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Juliana. To begin with, can you start by giving us the big picture of where major energy and mining companies are in their transition away from fossil fuels, focusing specifically on the European ones?
1: Well, I think it's fair to say that the European energy majors are on the front foot in terms of the energy transition and uh, climate uh, awareness. Um, I think the one clear way to demonstrate that is the fact that I just called them energy majors and not oil majors. Um, the worst thing to do these days is to call an oil and gas company an oil and gas company. Um, you have, for instance, like BP, for example, has set out very wide-ranging objectives to reach net zero. Um, 50 gigawatts of Renewable energy power generation they want to have in their under under their umbrella by 2030. That's a gigantic amount of renewable power that they, they they have an ambition to achieve. Then you've got Total who wants to get to net zero by 2050. You've got Shell which is investing along the value chain. So these guys are really making headway on on the, on the energy transition. Then you've got the mining majors as well, which they they've got kind of a dual approach. To climate awareness, on the one hand, many of them have large coal portfolios: BHP, Glencore, Anglo American. And investors, for investors, coal is taboo. That's the, you know, it's it's poison. You don't you don't put the word coal in any investor presentation. Um, so they need to find a way of of transitioning away from those. But also, there's opportunity for those guys in terms of. Uh, the the materials and the metals that will be used in in electric vehicles, in power generation, um, things like you know copper, obviously nickel, cobalt, as well as the rare earths. So there's a lot of opportunities for those guys as well, and there's opportunities for the for the all majors as they transition. Uh, you know they're going to be looking at, at new new asset classes. They are already so in terms of you know, the big picture, it's a very mixed, even within, say, the oil the majors themselves, they each have very different strategies. Some might be, like I say, going, looking to to acquire or to or to develop greenfield power generation, offshore wind, solar, whilst other ones, say Shell, for example, is heavily investing on the value chain. We, you'll see on the TV now, there's adverts for Shell Renewable Energy, which is, you know, a, a home supplier of, of, Of green energy, these guys want to. They're they're looking to replace the petrol you're putting into the pump with other ways of touching the customer. Whether or not that's through EV charging, whether that's through your your bill at home, Um, and it's about gas and it's about electricity. That's why they want to be energy majors, not oil majors anymore.
0: Great, thank you. You touched on some of it in your answer there, but how are they looking to achieve this transition to cleaner energy?
1: Yeah, so it's pretty classic, really. They're going to sell the things that are high carbon, and they're going to buy things that are low carbon. So, if we if we look first about kind of the investments they're going to make. So we've already seen that example of Shell, for example. That Shell that that uh, customer focused business that comes from First Utility, which it acquired a number of years ago. Total has bought um, Direct Energy in France. So. These are large acquisitions that they're doing to to shift uh, where where the cash flow comes from and you know their their customer base. Um, so they're doing that on the on the value chain side. But then there's also the the power generation side. You know these guys these guys are unlikely to want to compete against long term investors to acquire brownfield renewable energy assets because the cost of capital that these guys can employ and the multiples on those acquisitions are are huge. So in terms of how they're going to grow these portfolios of of power generation, a lot of it will probably be greenfield investments, you know, tendering into government government, um, auction rounds and also through joint ventures with people established in the space. If we look at BP as a good example, it, it has its joint, well, it invested into a business called LightSource a number of years ago, which is now Light source BP, and it uses that as its vehicle to grow in the in the in the renewable space. Total has similarly done the same um, in Iberia, it invested in Iran, um, a business there, and it's very active in the in the acquisition space in say Portugal, where it's often Total Iran is often a bidder on 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 assets there. So that's how they're looking to to shift in, to to add new asset classes along the value chain with some creative financial wizardry yeah they can compete against against those long-term investors they can compete against the traditional utilities and other independent power producers to enter that space because after all in the long run it's it could be argued that energy majors or oil majors are actually better positioned to own these assets, these these large power generation assets than the present incumbents because it's it's the energy majors that know how to handle commodity price fluctuation, which is what these renewable what, what these power generation assets will become the subject of once tariffs and subsidies fall away. And also, it's these guys that know how to manage large capex projects offshore and in far-flung destinations. So, one could argue that actually they're the natural home for these assets in in the long run. The hard bit in terms of achieving achieving the transition is divesting the high-carbon assets. And uh, obviously, as as, as, uh, you know very well, Juliana, because we we both used to cover this space, um, the Oil majors and mining majors, they they have portfolio rotation um, programs that happen every you know over a series of a few years. That's always gone gone on. You know they they mature assets, those that they don't see the value of, they they'll put in a package and they'll sell. That's has a very different flavor these days in terms of if we say if we look at BP again, if we look at its objectives that it set out last year, it wants to reduce its production by forty percent. That is a lot of assets to come into the market, and it means that whereas in the past, when a large, when, when an oil major was was high grading its portfolio, it would be looking at the life of the fields, it would be looking at their cost, it would be looking at uh, how peripheral they are in terms of the rest of the portfolio. A new factor, and one of the major factors in that now, will be their carbon intensity. So there could be some some assets that are very high cash flow. Um, very low cost, but which are very high carbon. Um, but they, And they'll have to sell them anyway, even in the past, even though in the past, they'd want to hold on to those assets. Um, the, so, there could be some really attractive assets that come out of them. But the problem is, as I said, is, is who is how they can sell these because they might not want them. There aren't many others that want them either, especially not in the public markets. You know, there's very few Um, very very there are no listed companies apart from maybe the americans that will still pick up the these assets high carbon assets so it's it becomes a question it becomes a question of who you look at private equity as well um you know traditionally they are the ones that have picked up some of these assets in the north sea we've got very large private equity packed vehicles um uh, with, with, with the exception now of, uh, of Chrysler or Harbour Energy as it is now, you know, very few of those have seen very successful exits. Um, so, you know, private equity as well is, is kind of a bit more cautious about about oil and gas. So, that area, of that buyer buy pool is shrinking. Then you've got sovereign wealth fund backed companies, so private but not private equity companies that might pick these up. But it's difficult. So, yeah, you know, to, to enact all these disposals. So the all majors will have to maybe think about, you know, cre- again, creative solutions. Do they bundle these assets together, sell them as one even larger package, create subsidiaries, spinning them off, carving them out, IPOing them? That could be difficult, but they might be the ways to achieve the the, the real transformative quantum of trans- of transformation that they need to achieve to it. They need to enact to achieve. Uh, the transformation that, that they've set out.
0: Great. Thanks very much, Patrick. That was Patrick Harris, Head of Energy and Natural Resources for Merger Market and Deal Reporter. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of DealCast presented by Merger Market and ss Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or look out for your Merger Market News Alert. For more information, check out our show notes. Join us next week for another episode.